Hallelujah. But you may take your seat at this time. So no, I am not Bishop Brian Green this morning. As you can see, he is not here, but I am Elder Lady Carmen Green. Hallelujah. And more importantly, the Lord is here. So we are here to just bless the Lord and give him thanks for his goodness. Amen. Amen. So it's wonderful to be here, standing here today. You know, the bishop gave me a call this week and said, you know, are you going to be in the area on Sunday? I said, I think I am. Well, great. I would love for you to speak. And I said, yes. Hallelujah. So God is good. God is good. Amen. So we're going to turn to the word of God right now. If you would um, turn to John 10. Verses 9 and 10. John chapter 10, 9 and 10. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace, God. We thank you for who you are. You are the almighty God. You are the everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. You are our, our roles of Sharon. You are the bright and morning star, Lord. And we come to the privilege we have to come into your house freely to worship you and to be with you, God. We get to be with you, Lord. So, Father, I pray that you would just even use me as I would deliver this word this morning to your people, Lord. I pray for minds. I pray for ears. I pray for hearts, Lord, that we will be in a place to think, to perceive, to hear, to receive from you this day. And we just thank you, Lord. We love you, and we know that you first loved us. So have your way this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So it says, I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But... My desire is to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Hallelujah. And the title of my, uh, my sermon this morning is Identity Theft. Identity Theft. So we know identity means character, existence, uniqueness. So in Matthew 5.48, the message um, translation says, in a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects now live like it. Live out your God created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. And as I said, that identity means character existence and uniqueness so the Lord is saying live out your character your God created character live out your God created existence live out your God 
created uniqueness. And then 1 Peter 2 and 10, chapter 2, verse 10 says, in the New Living Translation, once you had no identity as people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. So again, he's saying about, yes, you didn't have identity before, but now because you are my people, you have identity. You have character. You have existence. You have uniqueness. So the first step to our identity is knowing who we are to God. That's the first step. God wants us to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. And as I read in verse 9, it says, Jesus said, I am the gateway. So if he's the gateway, that means he is the entry point. That means everything starts with Jesus. He said later on in that chapter, I am the good shepherd. I sacrifice my life for the sheep. And we are his sheep, the sheep of his pasture. And as I said, he is the entry point. He is the one that opens up everything to us. He is the one that gives us the fresh start, the new start, the first start, the first beginning. But the thief comes to steal our identity. He comes to kill our identity and he comes to destroy our identity. Now we know that the thief in the scripture is talking about the enemy, the devil. So that's the only thing that's on his mind that he's coming to Steal, kill, and destroy. And when you think about um, a thief, most of the time you're not thinking about they're coming to to kill, but they definitely are coming to steal. They're coming to take whatever belongs to you, to take it away and, and, and say, hey, this is mine. So steal, it means to move, go, or come secretly quietly or unobserved to rip off, to take possession of. So again, you know, I'm sure we've all saw some movies about thieves and, you know, they just know how to maneuver undetected. They come in secretly. They don't come in through the the front door most of the time. Hey, here I am. I'm going to steal your stuff. No, they're coming through a window. They're coming up through sometimes one of those things, those crawl, um, crawl through spaces. They are coming secretly so the enemy of our soul he's coming in secretly he's coming in when we least expect it when we're not even looking for him he's coming in to take possession to take our identity to kill kill means to deprive of life in any manner so he in any manner say like whatever it takes he said i want to i want to get their life i want to get who they really are and then destroy. Destroy means to put an end, <laughs> to render inf- ineffective or useless, to defeat completely. And the enemy, that's what he's about. He just doesn't want to steal. He doesn't want to deprive us of life, but he wants to put an end to us, to our identity. He wants to render us as ineffective. When people look at us, it's like, there's nothing to them. <laughs> They're useless, ineffective. They're not doing anything in God's kingdom. He wants to defeat us completely. Last month, I had the opportunity, opportunity to um, go to a woman's conference. 
and I got to meet um, Priscilla Shire, the actor, the actress that was in the War Room movie. I was like, oh my goodness, she's here. I wish I should have thought about it, but I had a picture with her, myself and Deacon Vera, we were able to be, and we was like, we grabbed her, I was like, can you take a picture with us? I should have had the picture to put it up, but it was something that she said when she was speaking that really just really stuck out. She said that the enemy has been studying us. I was like, whoa, he's been studying us. He's been examining us. He has been looking, checking out our weaknesses and our vulnerabilities. He has been checking out our history, taking notes. Brother Adi, stand up here. So the enemy, he's studying. He's checking you out. Up and down. Looking for the weaknesses. Looking for the vulnerabilities. Oh, let me check out his history. Oh, yeah, that happened to him when he was a child? Mm, let me write that down. Let me take notes on that. And then, but he doesn't stop there. He studies our spouse if we're married. It's just, is Indy here? She's not here. Well, act like Indy's here. Said, oh, okay, I studied Adi. Mm, yep, history. I see it. See what happened to him? Now, Indy. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I see her weaknesses. I see her challenges. I see her, but I see her history. Yep, I saw what happened to her. Yes, looking up and down, making notes, taking notes. But does he stop there? No. He says, I'm going to study the children. Come on up. He says, I'm going to study Matthew. Even at his young age. How old are you, Matthew? Nine. I'm studying Matthew at nine years old. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, I see his struggle. Yep, I see. Oh, he's got that little weakness there. Oh, yeah, look down here. Mm-hmm. Oh, them sneakers. Uh, yeah, he's having some challenges in school. Okay, yep, got that. So he's studying us. Thank you. He is studying us and just saying whatever he can do to steal our identity, that's what he will do. So the question is, Okay, we know that he has come to steal our identity. And for the most part, he's taken, some of us, he's taken our identity. So how do we get our identity back? That's the question. Well, how do we get it back? If the thief's one aim, the only thing on his mind is to steal, kill, and destroy, how do we get our identity back? Well, we have to fight for it. <laughs> we have to fight for it. We have to fight for it. And I remember telling this story before, and I will share it again. I remember when I was in grade school, I got wins. Grade school. Now, I'm quiet, quiet child. And I remember I got wind of this girl wanted to beat me up after school. 
And I'm like, I don't even know to this day, what did I do? What did I do that would provoke her to want to beat me up? So, you know, so, okay, I, I, I'm hearing, you know, the buzz is going around. Her name was Paulette. I don't even know if she's even where she is, you know, in life, but it's Paulette. So I was like, okay, I'm feeling kind of like, okay, Paulette wants to beat me up. Well, I have some big brothers. And although I was quiet, they taught me how to fight. You know, they kind of spied with me, you know, fooling around, messing with me to get me to, you know, provoke me to come on. I'm going to come after them. So at the end of the um, school day, crossing the street, I see Paulette with her, her folks, her, her, her friends. A little, a little crowd, a little crowd. So I'm like, okay, let's cross the street. She comes, jumps up in my face. And <laughs> you know, when someone backs you up against the wall, you just come out swinging. So I got the first hit in and I just went pow, clocked her. She fell down and that was it. I just walked on home, <laughs> but you know, the enemy, <laughs> He tries to do that to you. He tries to just bring that fight to you. But we've got to come back with a fight in our heart. Because again, I said that the, that Jesus said that he is a gateway. That he is the, uh, Jesus is the start of everything in our lives. So we've got to come with a fight. We can't just say, oh devil, stop it. Oh, come on. No, you better at least try to get the first punch in. So, fight. Fight for it. So the first thing is the F. We must have faith. First Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of my witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith, the Lord is saying. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. We were all called to a life that the Lord has made for us, has created for us. Our God created life. And he's saying, come on. Just don't take it lying down. Stand up. Stand up for who you are. And put on that faith. And we know that sometimes, most of the time, all it takes is that size of a mustard seed. The faith, the size of a mustard seed. To get the job done. We can speak to mountains with a little faith. We can just tell situations. You're not staying here because of the faith of God. So the first thing is fight for faith. Fight for your faith. Stand your ground. Take hold of your confession. The second is I. Intimacy with God. At the end of Job 29.4 it says... God's intimate friendship bless my house. See, the only way that you're really going to be able to identify who you are is your intimate relationship with Christ. It all, as I said, it all starts there. So we have to have an intimate friendship, not just, okay, I'm running to God when I need him. God, can you help me out now? No, he's like asking for that intimate relationship. Spending time. When you spend time with someone, you get to know them. You know their attributes. You know their character. You know their ins and outs. And the Lord's saying, I want 
that intimate relationship with you so that you really can know who you are so you can really fulfill your identity so hanging out with the Lord spending time with him spending time with him in prayer spending time with him in worship not not just even waiting till you get to the church but in your own private time because I'm not waiting to get to know my husband or my family members when I come to church I know them behind closed doors. I know them when I'm on, on my time, on our time. So the Lord's saying, if you would take time out and have an intimate relationship with me, then you can get your identity back. G, goodness of God. Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Bless is the one who takes refuge in him. You know, we sing that song, he's a good, good father. Well, the Lord's saying that, yeah, I am good. And my mercy endures forever. I am the good shepherd as we read that he's a good shepherd and he will, he is sacrificing, he sacrificed his life for us. So he wants to say, taste and see. As, the, as I said, the enemy came and was studying, checking, checking us out. Check out the Lord and see his goodness. Make a list of how good he's been in the past. You have a track record. Yes, God, you came through for me on this. You pulled me out of this situation. You helped me in this other circumstance. You were there when I was going through and I felt I was alone, but you were right there. God, you have been so good. God, yes, you are a good, good father. So the goodness of God. Knowing the goodness of God is when we can take back our identity. The H is heart. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, (laughs) so is he. For as she thinks in her heart, so is she. And then also Psalm 119, 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So what are we thinking about ourselves? Because what we think, that's who we are. So if I think that I'm not smart, well, that's who I am. If I think, well, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not tall enough. Well, then, then you're short. Then I would think that I'm short when I'm, I'm, you know, over other people. If I think that, I can't stand up here and speak. Then I'm going to start. I will start feeling that way. But thank God that I'm saying, no, I'm not saying that anymore. I'm saying that, yes, I have what it takes to stand before this sacred desk and deliver a word to the to the, to the people. I am declaring that I am the head and not the tail. I am head. I'm declaring that I receded in heavenly places. And you know, the thing is, we can sometimes allow ourselves to be labeled and, you know, I can say, well, yeah, I'm Bishop's wife. And most of the time, yeah, that's Bishop's wife. But no, <laughs> who I in my heart that I say I am, that's who I am. Amen. Amen. And then it says, I've hidden your word in my heart. We've got to know the word. We've got to know the word. That's only, that's the only thing that's going to allow us to really have the identity of who we are is his word. Because throughout his word says everything about who we are. We are his children. We are his beloved sons and daughters. 
We are the head and not the tail. He supplies all our needs. How are we going to know that? Unless we're in the word of God. Unless we are speaking and declaring the word of the Lord over our lives. Because again, the enemy, he comes. He's trying to remove, take our possessions of who we are. He's trying to, to, to uh, bring us to a place of this thinking we're useless. And so we need to come back with the word of God, of who we are. And then T is train. Got to train. You know, when you're you going to for a fight, I mean, I, I didn't really train myself that day. kind of happened, but I guess I kind of did train myself with, in the path with, with my big brothers, you know, sparring with them. So they kind of, you know, showed me some ropes. So I guess I did train for that, for that moment. But train, we must train ourselves to take back our identity. First Timothy 4, 7 says, but reject those myths fit only for the godless and gullible and train yourself for godliness. Train yourself for godliness. Put on, <laughs> put on the clothes of godliness in your life. Forget about what the the things that have been, those myths that have been said, godless and gullible things. And then I love the scripture. I just love it. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, I said, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we train our mind. Again, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts? What has the enemy, you know, given to you that you just, just taking it, just allowing him to steal? The law says renew, transform your mind. And that comes again, if we get into the word of God, then we can come back with the word and said, okay, yeah, that's what you said about me. But no, this is what I say now because the word of God says it's about me. So I know for me that the, that the enemy, he stole my identity. I know at years ago, maybe decades ago, actually. No, yeah, decades ago, I didn't know my identity. I thought I wasn't worthy enough. I wasn't worth anything. I was shy. I insecure, um, failing at times do I really have what it takes? And actually there was like even being intimidated by people so easily. But there was one really big lie that the enemy told me. And I didn't really realize that I carried that for many years. You all know that I'm the um, youngest of nine children. So I thought really the lie that I thought I believed was I'm the ninth child, I'm just a number. Because I heard, well, you were oops common. You weren't planned. So that was a lie that I carried. <laughs> that I didn't matter. Okay, I must have been a mistake. So what do I have to offer? <laughs> and that, that equates to not feeling wanted. So I'm really carrying that throughout my life for a very long time. Yeah, I could smile. I could do everything. But deep down and say, I'm just a number. If I'm not in the picture, do I really matter? 
if I'm not there, no big deal. And I had to come to a point and say, Lord, I need to receive the truth of who you say I am. And I, I, I stand here today and say that really, really, this year, 2016, I really, the Lord really uncovered that lie for me. And just uncovered that lie and brought the truth to me that I could say, wow, okay, I'm not just a number. And he said, no, you're not just a number. I died on the cross for you. I didn't die for a number, but I died for my daughter. And that, yes, you are special to me. Yes, you have what it takes. Yes, you are incredible. Yes, you are the apple of my eye. And really this year, that truth really ran rained through for me. And I'm telling you, I just feel when I just allow the father's love to really come in and minister to me, weights, just weights were just lifted off of me, off of me. And just felt like, wow, God, I've been carrying this for so long, silently. And the Lord said, no, this is who you are. And I like at verse 10, at the end of verse 10, it says that, but, but my desire is to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect life in its fullness until you overflow more than we can expect. That's what the Lord wants for our identity more than we can expect in abundance. And it's not abundance of money. You know, take away money. What do you, I mean, take away money. There's so much more to life than money. Yes, money's good. Yes, we need money, but he's talking about more than money. Abundance, flowing, flowing, fullness until we overflow. And that overflowing is to overflow into other people's lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I like the thing about, again, this verse says, but, because you know, but that is contrary to, contrary to what was said before, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy, but there's a yet, yet I've come, yet I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you can expect. And that's what God does, more than we can expect. I know in, um, actually in John 9, it talks about the, the blind man that was begging. He was begging because he was blind at birth. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't even looking for anything else but money. But Jesus, he heard about Jesus. Jesus came his way and Jesus healed him. If you know the story, Jesus um, spat on the ground, I guess, made up a little mud, put on his eyes, and he could see. And with that healing, it was wonderful, but the religious people, they were ticked off. So you did that on the Sabbath. Who did this to you? He's like, I don't know who did it to me. All I know that once I was blind, but now I see. So more than enough, he wasn't expecting to be, to become, um, be able to see. All he was know, I was want some money again for this day to get me through this day. But the Lord did more. <laughs> he did beyond. He gave him sight. 
Amen. He gave him sight. So the Lord wants to give us beyond what we even think that we possibly could have. He wants to give us more. And going back to that blind man, you know, like they kicked him out of the church. I mean, they were just railing on this man, but he's like, I don't care what you do, what you say. I know my identity now. My identity before was blind, but now my identity is I see. I see. I have a new perspective. I have a new outlook, outlook on life. And that's what the Lord does. Amen. That's what he does for us. So we want to fight. We want to take back our identity. And I actually, I like what it says in the scripture. It said, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants. Now, that's to me, that's a big deal. It's not, the, it's not that he's saying, I'm going to. But it says he wants. So he's trying. But we have the ability to not allow him to take our identity. We have the power in us to say, no, you're not going to take our identity. But, but if by chance he does, because maybe we just were at a, a time that we were just so down in our life. The Lord gives us an opportunity to get it back, to get it back. Amen. Amen. And you know, as I said, I'm standing here today. It's like, wow, Bishop's not here. He said, you got this. You, you know, you just do the whole service. Now the old comment would have been like, oh no, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, I would have been fighting. I would have been having excuses, but I was like, yeah, me and God, we got this. Me and the Holy Ghost? Yeah, come on, let's do this. This year I became an elder again. If anyone told me to, I would become an elder at PT, I said, no, I just want to be behind the scenes, you know. I'll sit on the front pew and just smile, be the nice, dutiful wife. But I said, no, there's more to you. There's more, there's more than enough in you to be able to accomplish my will and, my, and the purpose that the Lord has for me. And the Lord told me actually on two separate occasions, he said, you were created for the 21st century. And everything that I've gone through, every pain, every painful situation that I've gone through experience has prepared me for this day, has prepared me for this season, has prepared me for my identity and walking in my identity. So I'm like saying, bring it on, Lord. <laughs> bring it on. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm so ready. Even, you know, preparing for this message. I was kind of going back and forth, you know, and, and this has actually never happened to me. I thought I had the word and everything, but then God was changing it. And then I was getting kind of like, oh, no, don't change it. Don't change it on me. You know, Saturday night, don't change it on me, Lord. He said, no, you're going to be all right. So he changed it around. And I would have been like panicking and calling Bishop, help me, Bishop, help me, you know, help me, honey, help me. But God said, no, you got this. You got this. It's you and me. We can do this. We can do this. So I just praise God that as he said that I've been created for the 21st century. It's like 21st century, here I come. And 21st century, here you come. And your identity that the Lord has for you. So I want to close with this quote. From Lisa Bevere, the author of Lioness Arising, and the women, some of the women we know about this um, book, we actually read it, we actually, one of our retreats, there was someone that shared about Lioness Arising, 
She says the enemy has been attacking us because of who we might be in the future, not who we were in the past. He could care less who we were, but always attacking who we might be. We have gone through so much because he is afraid. <laughs> he is afraid of what is inside of us, our identity. That's why he's fighting us tooth and nails. That's why he's trying to steal. That's why he's trying to kill our identity. That's why he's trying to destroy our identity. Because really, he is afraid of us. Because if we fulfill our purpose, if we fulfill our destiny, his kingdom is in trouble. His kingdom has to back up. His kingdom has to go running the opposite way. So that's why, he, as I say, we had that illustration. He, he studies us to try to trip us up, to try to keep us. You know, because he, he's accuser of the brethren. You know, he brings up your past mistakes. He brings up things. He throws them in your face. Say, no, God can't use you. You know what you did. You know what you did years ago. You know what you did last night. You know what you did. But the Lord says, or the, or the, I said that the enemy is so afraid of us. And when I heard that, it was something like just my shoulders just kind of like, whoa, okay. And no, I'm not going to get stupid now, you know, and, and act. I've got to keep my God up. I've got to be doing what I need to be doing, praying in the word, alert, attentive. But it's like it gives me a different, different perspective. It gives me a different perspective of who I am and how much the enemy is afraid. He's afraid of us. He's afraid of us. And that's why he's doing everything he can do to stop us from fulfilling our purpose, fulfilling our identity. Amen. Restore and grow.